everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and yes, we have made it to the end of Season 10 of South Park. If you can believe it, it has actually been... We've made it to the end of Season 10. Um, But before I get into the episode, one of the things that I've always liked to do with you... The listeners is be upfront, be honest with you. And this is one of these times where I'm going to be upfront and I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, the episode that you are currently hearing, um, which again I'm going to review in just a moment, is actually a re recording because in the nine years that I've been doing podcasts, and this extends from South Park, I've done so many podcasts where I've hosted, I've never forgotten to save the episode that I recorded, except this one. Um, So one of the things is I like to get the South Park episodes recorded in advance put in you know put in the can they say in the in the the entertainment business and have it there for when when it comes up so i did this episode i recorded it and i forgot to save it so you guys are actually going to hear today the second version of this review of this episode but i felt it was kind of funny you know to mention that to you guys because i think we can all get along and have a little laugh okay so today's episode is stanley's cup that is the final episode of season 10 of south park uh, been through a bunch of milestones made it to the 10th season done 150 episodes how does this episode end the 10th season of South Park? Well, let's get right to it. This is this week's episode, Stanley's Cup. was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on November 15th, 2006. Our episode begins at the South Park Gazette where Stan is talking to his boss. His boss has not been happy since Stan's delivery has not been up to par as of late. While they're having this conversation, Stan's bike gets towed away. Yes, you can tow a bike. And he has to go to county to take care of getting his bike back. And this is where we get into a certain plot throughout the entire episode. Let's go to the clip. Yes, come in. Hi, my name is Stan Marsh. I was told to come down here and try to... Yes, come in, Mr. Marsh. I've been told all about your case. Impounded bicycle, $83 owed to the county. Maybe you should get a job. I got a job, but without my bike to do my paper route, I can't make the money, see? Dan Marsh is a bright young man. 
He's got a great family, a promising paper rep. Only problem is, his bike's been impounded. But now, he's about to find out that getting his bike back isn't so easy. Look, I really need my bike. Well, I'm afraid I can't give it to you, because then you wouldn't learn anything. What do I have to learn? This isn't fair! Whoa, whoa, hold on. I've looked your case over, and I think maybe we can cut a little deal here. According to your background check, when you were in kindergarten, you played on the Park County Pee Wee hockey team. Yeah? Well, it just so happens that the Pee Wee hockey team this year needs a coach. Me? Stan Marsh is a washed-up fourth grader. He's got no job, no bicycle, and his only way out is to coach a peewee hockey team. And now, he's about to find out that to coach, you've got to grow. Okay, so Stan now has to coach a peewee hockey team. So he gets there for the first day of practice, and there are seven kids there. And it's pretty cute. You know, it's peewee hockey. But then there's this one kid. His name is Nelson, and he has leukemia. And, you know, he's very, very sick. And the kids are worried. They're like, am I going to get cancer too? Oh, no, we're going to die. We're going to get the cancer. And Stan is like, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to get cancer from being with him or playing with him. So as they're getting ready, the Adams County team, Pee Wee team, comes by and their coach. And the coach plays a, you know, arrogant kind of coach like you'd see in the sports movies. And he's like, yeah, I'm just here with my team looking over where we're going to beat you tomorrow. And Stan's like, look, I, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any problems whatsoever. We're just going to play a game. So Stan comes home and Randy and Sharon are upset at first that their son came home late. But he explained to them that he's now coaching this peewee hockey team. And Randy starts to have... A little concern. He's thinking about that time that Stan was on the Pee Wee hockey team. And he remembers. He asks if Stan remembers what happened at the Pepsi Center. And Sharon is like, ah, you know, he was only four. He probably doesn't remember. So Stan is sleeping as we go into this dream. And they're at the Pepsi Center. They're doing a little exhibition. And Stan is skating, and he's the only one in his zone. The goalie of the opposing team poops his pants. So there's an open net. All Stan has to do is shoot the puck into the net, and he's going to win this exhibition game for his team. So he shoots the puck. He goes, and it stops in the crease. To end in a 0-0 tie. And Randy, not only is he screaming about what happened, but he screams when he wakes up. So he's had a, a bit of a nightmare. So now it's the day of the game, and Stan is with the team, and he notices that Nelson is not there. 
he finds out that Nelson's cancer, his leukemia, has gotten worse. So, Stan's parents come, or not Stan's parents, Nelson's parents come, and they have a talk with Stan, and he's like, Coach, he looks up to you. He, he adores you. He thinks of you as a father. You're more of a father to him than his own father. And Stan's like, I've, I've only been doing this for a day. Can you go see him? Can you go see him, lad? So Stan begrudgingly goes to visit Nelson at the hospital. And Nelson is in a very rough shape. And he talks about the game. And he asks Stan if they can win the game for him. And Stan's like, well, I'm not really sure. I mean, we'll try, you know, to win. You just keep your spirits up. And then we get this. seemed important before can all be put in perspective. Stan Marsh is bumming on cancer. Me. Okay, so now we go to the game and the Adams County team is, you know, they're ready to go. The coach is ready to go. As Song 2 by Blur comes out or starts playing, you know, Woo-hoo! So that plays, and all the kids fall on the ice. You know, peewee hockey. And nothing really happens, and the game ends in a tie. It ends in a 0-0 tie. And Kyle's, or Stan's like, A tie? What do you mean, a tie? Stan Marsh was supposed to win it all. The big game, a dying boy's hope. Only problem is, he tied. And now, he's about to find out that tying isn't the same as winning. Okay, so, now that they've tied, Stan goes back to the hospital to visit Nelson. And Nelson is like, well... I'm not doing better, but I'm not doing worse, coach. And the doctor comes in and is like, Well, it seems as if his condition is tied up. And there's this whole thing about, like, ties, and it's kind of funny. And then Stan gets this news that the South Park hockey team, the Wee hockey team, has been invited to play an exhibition game at the Colorado Avalanche hockey game at the Pepsi Center. And we get this little ditty. Cancer limbo. But what can I do? Stan Marsh! Stan Marsh! Great news! Our hockey team has just been invited to play against Denver County during a Colorado Avalanche game! Wow! At the Pepsi Center. Look, he's coming around again. That's our biggest game ever. Do you think we can win, Coach? Well, uh, I mean... Imagine if there was one game, one chance to make everything right. Stan Mersh is 
being given that chance. But to win, he's gonna have to pull out all the stops in Stanley's Cup. Rated R. So now Stan has made that mistake. He's made the mistake of promising Nelson that they will win the hockey game. And the doctor takes over and he's like, Son, you know what you just did. You've made a terrible mistake. Like Steve Irwin going into a tank of stingrays. So then Stan has a meeting with his team at a diner. I'm, I'm going to guess it's a Denny's. It looks like it's a Denny's. I, admit, I haven't been to Denny's in... Or actually, it's been like a year since I've been to a Denny's. But that's another story. And the kids are like, You what? You did this? And one of the kids is like, Yeah, this is really bad. Like, Steve Irwin going into a tank of Stingray bad. And Stan is like, Look, guys. This is what happens in all the sports movies. We hit our lowest point. And then we rise up to the occasion and we find a way to win the big game. And one of the kids is like, yeah, and we also get a ringer. So this gives an idea and Stan's like, well, what are you thinking? And one of the kids is like, let's get a, somebody Canadian. Well, this is where Ike comes into play. And Ike is on the ice. He's taking some shots and he's making it and the kids are very happy. Kyle is like, Stan, I don't think this is a good idea. My mom does not want Ike to play ice hockey at all. And Stan is like, look, dude, it's only going to be one game. He's not going to get hurt. And Kyle's like, all right, if you say so, we'll do it. So now Ike is on the hockey team. So Stan is getting his game plans ready for this exhibition game with Denver County. And Randy comes over and he's like, wow, Pepsi Center. Going to do it all over again. Well, I just want you to know that there's two choices. Winning and losing and that's it you either win or you lose okay so before we dive further into this episode i'm i'm, I'm sure our non-sports fans are wondering what is the pepsi center besides it being an arena in denver well i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you a little history so the pepsi center is, which is now Ball Arena, uh, opened in 1999. It, it opened on October the 1st, 1999, and its first event ever held was a Celine Dion concert. Yep, that's right. Celine Dion opened up the Pepsi Center. So the Pepsi Center is the home of the Colorado Avalanche of the NHL, the Denver Nuggets of the NBA, and the Colorado Mammoth of the National Lacrosse League. The arena 
broke ground on November 20th, 1997, and the construction cost $187 million, which in 2020 money, or 2019 money, is $287 million. Now, besides hosting hockey, basketball, and lacrosse, it has hosted a UFC event, and it has also hosted some pro wrestling, WCW and WWE. Now, there is one instance where the Pepsi Center did not get used for a WWE event. And I'm going to have to explain. What would later be known as the Denver debacle, on May 18, 2009, WWE canceled and moved three events it had scheduled in Colorado, including an episode of Monday Night Raw, which was to be on May 25, 2009, at the Pepsi Center, after the Denver Nuggets were scheduled to play Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers on the same date. The affected events were all moved to the Staples Center, the home of the Los Angeles Lakers, while WWE rescheduled an August 7th edition of Raw for the Pepsi Center. In an appearance on KUSA, Vince McMahon, WWE chairman, accused the inept management of team and arena owner Stan Kroenke as having led to the conflict. A KSE spokesperson stated that despite the propaganda campaign launched by WWE and Vince McMahon, the KSE team maintained a professional manner throughout this process. We hoped, we had hoped for and worked hard toward an amicable resolution, which we verbally had on Tuesday. The conflict would be referenced during the ensuing May 25th episode of Raw, which opened with a skit between impersonators of Kroenke and Lakers owner Jerry Buss. Kroenke boasted about the Nuggets and his indifference to WWE and its fans. Mr. McMahon subsequently entered the ring, jokingly proposed the formation of his own basketball league, the XBA, which is a reference to the XFL, and shoved Kroenke down threatening that people who push WWE's fans would get pushed back. Now, this is where it gets interesting, depending on where you're looking at it. The main event of that episode of Raw was a 10-man tag team match where the good guys, or babyfaces, consisting of John Cena, Batista, Jerry the King Lawler, MVP, and Mr. Kennedy wore Lakers jerseys as they faced a team of bad guys, or heels, consisting of Randy Orton, The Miz, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and The Big Show, all wearing Nuggets jerseys. The babyface team wearing the Lakers jerseys won the main event match on Monday Night Raw. However, for those of you that aren't too familiar, this is an infamous match in Monday Night Raw history. Because during or after the match, Randy Orton had gone to complain about one of the wrestlers not being safe, in this case being Mr. Kennedy. Because of that, Mr. Kennedy was released from WWE by the end of the week. No joke, 
that actually happened. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers would go on to win the Western Conference Finals and then eventually would go on to win the NBA championship in 2009. Now, as far as the Pepsi Center name, well, let's talk about it real quick. Um, from its opening through 2020, the naming rights to the arena were held by PepsiCo, under which it was known as the Pepsi Center. On October 22, 2020, the naming rights were sold to Broomfield-based Ball Corporation as part of a global multi-year agreement with Kroenke Sports and Entertainment, which also makes it the exclusive sustainably partner, sustainability partner pardon me, of the arena. As part of the agreement, all owned sports teams and venues will employ recyclable aluminum products provided by Ball to reduce plastic waste, with Ball Arena to transition to serving concessions in aluminum packaging by 2022. So the name Pepsi Center had just changed only a few months ago. And that is your history of the Pepsi Center. Now, let's quickly talk about the Stanley Cup. Yes, this episode is entitled Stanley's Cup, but I wanted to talk about the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup was named after Lord Stanley of Preston, uh, who was appointed by Queen Victoria as Governor General of Canada on June 11, 1888. He and his family became highly enthusiastic about ice hockey. Stanley was first exposed to the game at Montreal's 1889 Winter Carnival, where he saw the Montreal Victorias play the Montreal Hockey Club. The Montreal Gazette reported that he expressed his great delight with the game of hockey and the expertise of the players. During that time, organized ice hockey in Canada was still in its infancy and only Montreal and Ottawa had anything resembling leagues. So, the first presentation, or the first time the Stanley Cup was awarded, was in 1893 to the Montreal hockey team. And you would think that Lord Stanley himself would present the cup to the team. Unfortunately, that did not happen. His term as Governor General ended in September 1893. He was forced to return to England on July 15th. In April of that year, his elder brother, Edward Stanley, the 15th Earl of Derby, died, and Stanley succeeded him as the 16th Earl of Derby. Now, the presentation, now the actual cup, like the, the trophy, was a cup. It was an honest-to-goodness cup. But so many years later, they would make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. To where it's like 30 plus pounds, this, this trophy. It's absolutely amazing. So, you're probably wondering, who has won the Stanley Cup the most times? Well, the Montreal Canadiens have won the Stanley Cup the most times. They have won the Stanley Cup 24 times. The most recent team to win the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had the bubble postseason earlier this year and in the end the Tampa Bay Lightning 
defeated the Dallas Stars in six games to win their second Stanley Cup. And there, without going into much further discussion, is your history of the Stanley Cup. Now, let's get back to the episode. So we reach the end of the second period, and the Colorado Avalanche are tied at two after two periods against the Detroit Red Wings. Briefly, I want to discuss the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche did not start as the Colorado Avalanche. They started in 1972 as the Quebec Nordiques. They were in the WHA, the World Hockey Association, from 1972 to 1979. After that, from 1979 until their departure in 1995, they would be in the National Hockey League and would have a very fierce rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they're in the same province, for goodness sakes. In 1995, the Quebec Nordiques moved to Denver, Colorado to be the Colorado Avalanche. And in their first season of existence as the Colorado Avalanche, they won the Stanley Cup, beating the Florida Panthers in four games. They would go on to win the Stanley Cup one more time in 2000-2001, which also is the last time they won the Western Conference Championship. They have won their respective division nine times and have held the President's Trophy two times, which is given to the team with the most points in the standings during the regular season. Their biggest rivalry starting in Colorado is with the Detroit Red Wings. From the moment they switched to the Western Conference, their feud with the Red Wings became very hot and at times very violent. It was said that the team that would win the series between these two teams in the playoffs would go on to win the Stanley Cup, and on most occasions, it really did. The peak of this rivalry was in its infancy from 1996 to 2002. The two teams played five times in the postseason, with the Avalanche winning three out of five. During this time, the two teams combined for a total of five Stanley Cup championships in seven years. The Detroit Red Wings moved conferences from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference in the 2013-14 season, meaning that the two teams would only play each other two times a year instead of four. So, now the boys are ready to play this exhibition game with Denver County. They're all pumped up. They're ready to go. They're in the tunnel. They're going to make their way out. And then they're told that the game has been canceled because the Denver County team never showed up. So instead of them getting to just skate around, maybe play a little bit, they get a, thanks for coming. We'll try to get you back real soon. But Stan is just like, what? You mean we made all this way for nothing? And then the Colorado Avalanche hockey team come out, and out of the generosity of their heart, I guess, they say, why don't we let them play for us this third period? And now the South Park Pee Wee hockey team is about to play 
a real hockey game. Sandbush coaches a peewee hockey team, but now they're going to play in the big leagues. They've got small bodies but big hearts. Stan Marshy's going professional. So, it is a 2-2 hockey game going into the third period. The puck drops and the Red Wings just destroy the South Park Pee Wee hockey team. Oh my goodness. The final score of the game ends up being the Red Wings 32, the Colorado Avalanche 2. As We Are the Champions by Queen starts playing as the Red Wings are celebrating. The kids are laid out on the ice and one kid is like, I hate you, coach. I hate you. And as this celebration is going on, Nelson is looking and he's like, no, no. This can't be real. And Nelson dies in the hospital. As the Red Wings celebrate winning the big game. And that is Stanley's Cup. But more importantly, that is the end of Season 10 of South Park. So, where did the idea of this episode come from? The story turns cliched sports movies from the Bad News Bears to the Mighty Ducks upside down. Stan even says to his players, haven't you guys ever seen these movies? We're just supposed to rally together, believe in ourselves, and we win in the end. Matt's favorite part is the last bit, where there's a huge cliche happy ending, only it's for the opposing team. It's their happy ending that we witness. Okay, um, I'm going to be honest, I've seen a lot of these sports movies and I am a, a huge sports fan for those of you that have got to know me personally over the years doing this podcast. This is a great episode, I really like this episode. Um, I think it's a good way, a strong way to end the 10th season of South Park because there's really... No consequence to any of the characters here. So, I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. That's going to be the grade I give this episode. It's one of those movies where, or episodes where it's like, you're going to get it if you know what they're talking about. And for me, I personally got it. So, I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Uh, more production notes. Trey Parker and Matt Stone revealed that this episode started off as a bank episode, an episode which is partially produced in advance at the start of the season for use towards the end of the season to allow for rest during the run. However, whenever Parker and Stone wanted to finish the banked episode, they found it increasingly difficult to do so. Because of the dissatisfaction with the episode, it was not finished until they were forced to work on it. At the end of the production run with one episode left to be produced. Because the second half of season 10 did not feature a true bank episode, and thus did not allow for extra time off, Parker and Stone described the run as being an extremely difficult one to complete. Stone compared it to childbirth, 
while Parker thought their struggles to finish production on the season could have resulted in the show ultimately being canceled. I'll be honest, I don't think the show would have been canceled. I really don't if this episode didn't come out. For the commentary of the final version, Matt and Trey both find the ending to be very comical after several weeks of production struggle and describe it as a really happy ending for the other person's story. But it is polarizing amongst the fans. Stanley's Cup is a relatively unpopular episode of the series. According to Parker and Stone, a lot of people didn't get that one. We thought the ending was really sweet and weird, but nobody really got it. Stone said the episode is like three quarters of a show, but the ending is fucking sweet. Dan Iverson of IGN gave this a 9.1 out of 10 writing. With the hilarious satire and the parody of a well-known movie genre, we couldn't help but love this episode. Even though it featured sports as the theme, it wasn't any funnier for those who played hockey as a kid, but could be enjoyed by anybody that has seen this type of film. The only problem that we had with the episode was the disregard for Steve Irwin's death. South Park has never had any problems making fun of taboo topics, but it just felt like it is too soon to make these comments. I discussed the entire Steve Irwin controversy in Hell on Earth 2006, one of the more recent episodes that you guys can check out. So, uh, let's go to IMDb. Uh, over Almost 2,400 people have given this episode a rating. The average rating for the episode is a 7.4 out of 10. Oof. 453 people gave it a 10. 292 people gave it a 9. That's the grade I'm giving this week's episode. 472 people gave it an 8. 500 people gave it a 7. It's an equal 7. Or an equal 500, I should say. And 139 people gave it a 1. In the males, uh, the average rating there is a 7.3, with its highest demographic being 18 to 29. Its average rating is a 7.5. For females, the average rating is a 7.4, with its highest demographic being 45 and over. The average rating is a 7.9. So there are a lot of reviews of this episode. Uh, obviously, I'm not going to read all of them. And believe it or not, there are negative and positive reviews of this episode. So I'm going to start with the positive ones and then I'm going to get into the negative ones. So I'm going to start off with Reggie550 who wrote, A lot of people say things about this episode being wrong and not funny at all. Have you people ever watched South Park? This is the episode that offends you? I happen to find this episode extremely funny. It pokes fun at the cliché Hollywood sports films, most significantly the Mighty Duck movies. Instead of everything working out, the team overcoming the odds and whatnot, and everyone being happy in the end, things go terribly wrong. In a hilarious manner as well. The people that get mad at this have to understand one thing. It's a cartoon. It's always been a cartoon. Relax a little and laugh. 
the ending is the direct opposite of what every Hollywood movie ending is. And that is the joke Matt and Trey are trying to get across. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Alright, another review from BDavid521 who wrote... This episode has been on TV recently, and as I watched it over and over again, I wondered if this was one of those episodes that people who don't understand South Park would hate. And it is. This is one of the best episodes they have ever made, and for some reason the basic South Park fan is unable to get the genius that lies within most episodes. Ask a bunch of people which episodes are their least favorites, and you will inevitably hear this one, and the Terrence and Philip April Fool's episode, which is also one of the five best episodes. Uh, sure. For some reason, people think that a good episode involves Cartman and some ridiculous premise. Stanley's Cup is brilliant for its simplicity. I thought the Go God Go episodes were great too, but following up the craziness of those with the grounded Stanley's Cup was even better. This is why Matt and Trey continuously screw over the audience, because most of you don't appreciate what they are trying to do. It's okay to laugh at a cartoon where a little kid is dying, just don't laugh at a real little kid that is dying. I know this is all very preachy, but if you don't like this episode, then you have wasted a lot of years because you simply don't get South Park. Alright, uh, another one from John Michael 2 who wrote, Do not listen to anyone who said this episode was a downer. The ending totally made this sports movie satire worth watching. It was a lot better even than The Losing Edge from episode 9, another sports-centered episode. I will not give away the ending to this episode, but let me just say I was afraid it'd end the opposite of the way it did. Thankfully, it didn't. It ended perfectly. It's not much to say that it ends better than any sports movie you can find out there, because sports movies generally have annoyingly trite and cliché endings, but this episode just pulverizes them all. Great South Park episode and severely underrated. Alright, now let's read some of the negative reviews. Trolliyama wrote, I mean, they totally are, but are they really much worse than your typical Hollywood hogwash? Not many laughs to be found here, and honestly, the whole episode feels like a half-baked idea. And the idea in question isn't very good. Alright, another review from Hardy Lane, who wrote, Yes, I can see what they were doing, and no, it didn't work. It only able to achieve small humor, and not once did I laugh out loud, as I usually do in South Parks. Usually, there's a strong satirical streak in the show, but it seemed to me that Matt and Trey just wanted to dump on peewee hockey, whatever the heck that is, in the Mighty Ducks movie. Now, call me ferocious, if you like, but being British, watching anything to do with U.S. sports bores me rigid, and to be honest... British sports bore me rigid. But when you have no idea what they are referring to or talking about, then it detracts from the story. Most of South Park is fairly universal, but obviously taking the wee-wee out of American small-town life. 
but I had not seen the Ducks film and know nothing about ice hockey, so this made a bad episode even worse for me. The last 10 minutes were dreadful. Not the least funny, just plain wrong, and left me with a really disappointed aftertaste. I adore South Park and hoped for so much more in the season-closing episode. So, you hated the episode because you didn't understand hockey. Okay. Uh, this one is from Carolyn underscore at law, who wrote, I can understand what they were trying to do with this episode, but it just fell flat. There are some topics in our culture that just aren't funny, and young children dying of cancer is one of them. I understand they were making fun of these Hollywood formula movies, but aside from being offended, the episode felt incomplete. At first, it was just brilliant, the guy with the record turntable at all doing the narrating. But then there was a commercial break at the climax, and then just credits. It was like there was a power outage before the end of the episode. You were waiting for something to come next, anything, and it never came. There was no resolution at all for the viewer. It felt like you were when you have when you have to sneeze and then it just doesn't happen. It just leaves you frustrated. Okay, I want to read one more negative review, and then I want to read uh, Gangsta Hippies review because I think that's a good one. So this last review, uh, let me see. Okay, this one is from Nitinil22, who wrote, I understand the creators were going for a satire, but a satire doesn't necessarily make something funny. What were the goals of the satire? Usually, South Park episodes make us think, and the offensive depravity accentuates the message they're trying to convey. Or, at the least, it's just plain funny. This episode, however, is neither. The subject of cancer in children might not be properly depicted in popular media, with idyllic and cliché optimism. But a subject matter like that should not be treated in any other way, especially in children's case. Nonetheless, I'm not here to argue or judge the morality of the episode. I mean, it is South Park. But it's quality and taste of humor. The sad parts of the episode weren't contrasted or coded with something funny like South Park usually does. It didn't lead anywhere and was just needlessly cruel. The people that support this episode are just dogmatic fans or kids that will laugh at anything as long as it's offensive. I wanted to laugh, and I usually do, but this episode didn't even let me chuckle. It was flawed from the start with jokes falling flat. The satire was poor, the subject matter was mistreated, and left me disgusted. As a comedy, it failed in every aspect. Hmm. Alright, so, what did Gangsta Hippie think of this? Stanley's Cup is the season finale of season 10. After watching the excellent two-part Go God Go episodes, I guess this one pales in comparison. It's an alright episode, just one of the worst ones. The episode is basically a spoof of the Mighty Ducks. Stan has to coach this peewee hockey team because he lost his job as a paper boy after his bike got towed. One of the kids on his team is dying, and his dying wish is for them to win the game. In response to the Hell on Earth Steve Irwin controversy, this episode has two jokes related to Steve Irwin's death. 
The ending is actually pretty disappointing and depressing, and I will not spoil it here. Good episode, but one of the worst ones. See, I, I will say this. I... You have to have this sense of humor to where you're going to like this. And I guess that's what this comes down to, is the sense of humor. Um, I think this is a great way to end Season 10. It's fantastically done. And this is why this is my favorite season of South Park, because it takes so many chances this entire season that... It was really go big or go home. Um, the different topics, like how do you get rid of a character like Chef that's so iconic to the show. The two-parter about showing the Prophet Muhammad. The two-parter here with evolution and you know uh, atheism. And then you, you just have so many good episodes all around. The lowest rated episode of this season is a three, and it's a well-deserved three, by the way. Um, I just really love this season, and I think this season stands up and holds up against any other season of South Park. That's why I love this season so much. It's just absolutely great. Maybe the peak of what Matt and Trey have done. Alright, well... Uh, you can join our Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar, and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. Next time around, it is off to Season 11. That is what I'm going to be starting with. And the episode is, with apologies to Jesse Jackson. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed Season 10 of South Park. And until next time, I am Bill, and you've been listening to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. I am your host, Bill, and yes, we have made it to the end of Season 10 of South Park. If you can believe it, it has actually been... We've made it to the end of Season 10. Um, But before I get into the episode, one of the things that I've always liked to do with you, the listeners is be upfront, be honest with you. And this is one of these times where I'm going to be upfront and I'm going to be honest with you guys. Uh, the episode that you are currently hearing, um, which, again, I'm going to review in just a moment, is actually a re-recording. Because in the nine years that I've been doing podcasts, and this extends from South Park. I've done so many podcasts where I've hosted. I've never forgotten 
to save the episode that I recorded. Except this one. Um, so one of the things is I like to get the South Park episodes recorded in advance, put in, you know, put in the can, they say, in the, in the, in the entertainment business, and have it there for when, when it comes up. So I did this episode, I recorded it, and I forgot to save it. So you guys are actually going to hear today the second version of this review of this episode. But I felt it was kind of funny, you know, to mention that to you guys, because I think we can all get along and have a little laugh. Okay, so today's episode is Stanley's Cup. That is the final episode of season 10 of South Park. Uh, been through a bunch of milestones, made it to the 10th season, done 150 episodes. How does this episode end the 10th season of South Park? Well, let's get right to it. This is this week's episode, Stanley's Cup. Was written and directed by Trey Parker and originally aired on November 15th, 2006. Our episode begins at the South Park Gazette where Stan is talking to his boss. His boss has not been happy since Stan's delivery has not been up to par as of late. While they're having this conversation, Stan's bike gets towed away. Yes, you can tow a bike. And he has to go to county to take care of getting his bike back. And this is where we get into a certain plot throughout the entire episode. Let's go to the clip. Yes, come in. I was told to come down here and try to... Yes, come in, Mr. Marsh. I've been told all about your case. Impounded bicycle, $83 owed to the county. Maybe you should get a job. I got a job, but without my bike to do my paper route, I can't make the money, see? Stan Marsh is a bright young man. He's got a great family, a promising paper route. Only problem is, his bike's been impounded. But now... He's about to find out that getting his bike back isn't so easy. Look, I really need my bike. Well, I'm afraid I can't give it to you, because then you wouldn't learn anything. What do I have to learn? This isn't fair! Whoa, whoa, hold on. I've looked your case over, and I think maybe we can cut a little deal here. According to your background check, when you were in kindergarten, you played on the Park County Pee Wee hockey team. Yeah? Well, it just so happens that the Pee Wee hockey team this year needs a coach. Me? Stan Marsh is a washed up fourth grader. He's got no job, no bicycle, and his only way out is to coach a Pee Wee hockey team. And now, he's about to find out that to coach, you've got to grow. Okay, so. Stan now has to coach a Pee Wee hockey team. 
So he gets there for the first day of practice, and there are seven kids there. And it's pretty cute. You know, it's peewee hockey. But then there's this one kid. His name is Nelson. And he has leukemia. And, you know, he's very, very sick. And the kids are worried. They're like, am I going to get cancer too? Oh no, we're going to die. We're going to get the cancer. And Stan is like, no, you're not going to die. You're not going to get cancer from being with him or playing with him. So as they're getting ready, the Adams County team, Pee-wee team, comes by and their coach. And the coach plays a you know, arrogant kind of coach, like you'd see in the sports movies. And he's like, yeah, I'm just here with my team, looking over where we're going to beat you tomorrow. And Stan's like, look, I, I don't want any trouble. I don't want any problems whatsoever. We're just going to play a game. So Stan comes home, and Randy and Sharon are upset at first that their son came home late. But he explained to them that He's now coaching this peewee hockey team. And Randy starts to have a little concern. He's thinking about that time that Stan was on the peewee hockey team. And he remembers. He asks if Stan remembers what happened at the Pepsi Center. And Sharon is like, ah, you know, he was only four. He probably doesn't remember. So Stan is sleeping as we go into this dream. And they're at the Pepsi Center. They're doing a little exhibition. And Stan is skating. And he's the only one in his zone. The goalie of the opposing team poops his pants. So there's an open net. All Stan has to do is shoot the puck into the net. And he's going to win this exhibition game for his team. So he shoots the puck. He goes... And it stops in the crease to end in a 0-0 tie. And Randy, not only is he screaming about what happened, but he screams when he wakes up. So he's had a, a bit of a nightmare. So now it's the day of the game, and Stan is with the team, and he notices that Nelson is not there. He finds out that Nelson's cancer, his leukemia, has gotten worse. So, Stan's parents come, or not Stan's parents, Nelson's parents come, and they have a talk with Stan, and he's like, Coach, he looks up to you. He, he adores you. He thinks of you as a father. You're more of a father to him than his own father. And Stan's like, I've, I've only been doing this for a day. Can you go see him? Can you go see him, lad? So Stan begrudgingly goes to visit Nelson at the hospital. And Nelson is in a very rough shape. And he talks about the game. And he asks Stan if they can win the game for him. And Stan's like, well, I'm not really sure. I mean, we'll try, you know, to win. You just keep your spirits up. And then we get this. Stan Marsh has always lived a carefree life. But in the blink of an eye, 
what seemed important before can all be put in perspective. Stan Marsh is bumming on cancer. Me. Okay, so now we go to the game, and the Adams County team is... You know, they're ready to go. The coach is ready to go. As Song 2 by Blur comes out, or starts playing, you know, Woo-hoo! So that plays, and all the kids fall on the ice. You know, peewee hockey. And nothing really happens. And the game ends in a tie. It ends in a 0-0 tie. And Kyle's, or Stan's like, A tie?! What do you mean, a tie? Stan Marsh was supposed to win it all. The big game, a dying boy's hope. Only problem is, he tied. And now, he's about to find out that tying isn't the same as winning. Okay, so, now that they've tied, Stan goes back to the hospital to visit Nelson. And Nelson is like, well, I'm not doing better, but I'm not doing worse, coach. And the doctor comes in and is like, well, it seems as if his condition is tied up. And there's this whole thing about, like, ties, and it's kind of funny. And then... Stan gets this news that the South Park hockey team, the Pee Wee hockey team, has been invited to play an exhibition game at the Colorado Avalanche hockey game at the Pepsi Center. And we get this little ditty. Cancer limbo. But what can I do? Stan Marsh! Stan Marsh! Great news! Our hockey team has just been invited to play against Denver County during a Colorado Avalanche game. Wow! At the Pepsi Center. Look, he's coming around again. That's our biggest game ever. Do you think we can win, Coach? Well, uh, I mean... Imagine if there was one game, one chance to make everything right. Stan Mersh is being given that chance. But to win, he's going to have to pull out all the stops in Stanley's Cup. Read it on. Yeah, yeah, we'll beat him. Oh. So now Stan has made that mistake. He's made the mistake of promising Nelson that they will win the hockey game. And the doctor takes over and he's like, son, you know what you just did. You've made a terrible mistake. Like Steve Irwin going into a tank of stingrays. So then, Stan has a meeting with his team at a diner. I'm, I'm going to guess it's a Denny's. It looks like it's a Denny's. I admit, I haven't been to Denny's in... Or actually, it's been like a year since I've been to a Denny's. But that's another story. And the kids are like, You what? You did this? And one of the kids is like, Yeah, this is really bad. Like, Steve Irwin going into a tank of Stingray bad. And Stan is like, look guys, this is what happens in all the sports movies. We hit our lowest point, and then 
We rise up to the occasion and we find a way to win the big game. And one of the kids is like, yeah, and we also get a ringer. So this gives an idea and Stan's like, well, what are you thinking? And one of the kids is like, let's get a somebody Canadian. Well, this is where Ike comes into play. And Ike is on the ice. He's taking some shots and he's making it and the kids are very happy. Kyle is like, Stan, I don't think this is a good idea. My mom does not want Ike to play ice hockey at all. And Stan is like, look, dude, it's only going to be one game. He's not going to get hurt. And Kyle's like, all right, if you say so, we'll do it. So now Ike is on the hockey team. So Stan is getting his game plans ready for this exhibition game with Denver County. And Randy comes over and he's like, wow, Pepsi Center. Going to do it all over again. Well, I just want you to know that there's two choices. Winning and losing. And that's it. You either win or you lose. Okay, so before we dive further into this episode, I'm, I'm, I'm sure our non-sports fans are wondering, what is the Pepsi Center besides it being an arena in Denver? Well, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a little history. So the Pepsi Center is, which is now Ball Arena, uh, opened in 1999. It, it opened on October the 1st, 1999, and its first event ever held was a Celine Dion concert. Yep, that's right. Celine Dion opened up the Pepsi Center. So the Pepsi Center is the home of the Colorado Avalanche of the NHL, the Denver Nuggets of the NBA, and the Colorado Mammoth of the National Lacrosse League. The arena broke ground on November 20th, 1997, and the construction cost $187 million, which in 2020 money, or 2019 money, is $287 million. Now, besides hosting hockey, basketball, and lacrosse, it has hosted a UFC event, and it has also hosted some pro wrestling, WCW and WWE. Now, there is one instance where the Pepsi Center did not get used for a WWE event. And I'm going to have to explain. What would later be known as the Denver debacle, on May 18, 2009, WWE canceled and moved three events it had scheduled in Colorado, including an episode of Monday Night Raw, which was to be on May 25, 2009, at the Pepsi Center, after the Denver Nuggets were scheduled to play Game 4 of the Western Conference Finals against the Los Angeles Lakers on the same date. 
the affected events were all moved to the Staples Center, the home of the Los Angeles Lakers, while WWE rescheduled an August 7th edition of Raw for the Pepsi Center. In an appearance on KUSA, Vince McMahon, WWE chairman, accused the inept management of team and arena owner Stan Kroenke as having led to the conflict. A KSE spokesperson stated that despite the propaganda campaign launched by WWE and Vince McMahon, the KSE team maintained a professional manner throughout this process. We hoped, we had hoped for and worked hard toward an amicable resolution, which we verbally had on Tuesday. The conflict would be referenced during the ensuing May 25th episode of Raw, which opened with a skit between impersonators of Kroenke and Lakers owner Jerry Buss. Kroenke boasted about the Nuggets and his indifference to WWE and its fans. Mr. McMahon subsequently entered the ring, jokingly proposed the formation of his own basketball league, the XBA, which is a reference to the XFL, and shoved Kroenke down, threatening that people who pushed WWE's fans would get pushed back. Now, this is where it gets interesting, depending on where you're looking at it. The main event of that episode of Raw was a 10-man tag team match where the good guys, or babyfaces, consisting of John Cena, Batista, Jerry the King Lawler, MVP, and Mr. Kennedy, wore Lakers jerseys as they faced a team of bad guys, or heels, consisting of Randy Orton, The Miz, Cody Rhodes, Ted DiBiase, and The Big Show, all wearing Nuggets jerseys. The babyface team wearing the Lakers jerseys won the main event match on Monday Night Raw. However, for those of you that aren't too familiar, this is an infamous match in Monday Night Raw history. Because during or after the match, Randy Orton had gone to complain about one of the wrestlers not being safe, in this case being Mr. Kennedy. Because of that, Mr. Kennedy was released from WWE by the end of the week. No joke, that actually happened. Uh, the Los Angeles Lakers would go on to win the Western Conference Finals and then eventually would go on to win the NBA championship in 2009. Now, as far as the Pepsi Center name, well, let's talk about it real quick. Um, from its opening through 2020, the naming rights to the arena were held by PepsiCo, under which it was known as the Pepsi Center. On October 22, 2020, the naming rights were sold to Broomfield-based Ball Corporation as part of a global multi-year agreement with Kroenke Sports and Entertainment, which also makes it the exclusive sustainably partner, sustainability partner, pardon me, of the arena. As part of the agreement, all owned sports teams and venues will employ recyclable aluminum products provided by Ball to reduce plastic waste 
with Ball Arena to transition to serving concessions in aluminum packaging by 2022. So the name Pepsi Center had just changed only a few months ago. And that is your history of the Pepsi Center. Now, let's quickly talk about the Stanley Cup. Yes, this episode is entitled Stanley's Cup, but I wanted to talk about the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup was named after Lord Stanley of Preston, uh, who was appointed by Queen Victoria as Governor General of Canada on June 11, 1888. He and his family became highly enthusiastic about ice hockey. Stanley was first exposed to the game at Montreal's 1889 Winter Carnival, where he saw the Montreal Victorias play the Montreal Hockey Club. The Montreal Gazette reported that he expressed his great delight with the game of hockey and the expertise of the players. During that time, organized ice hockey in Canada was still in its infancy and only Montreal and Ottawa had anything resembling leagues. So, the first presentation, or the first time the Stanley Cup was awarded was in 1893 to the Montreal hockey team. And you would think that Lord Stanley himself would present the cup to the team. Unfortunately, that did not happen. His term as Governor General ended in September 1893. He was forced to return to England on July 15th. In April of that year, his elder brother, Edward Stanley, the 15th Earl of Derby, died, and Stanley succeeded him as the 16th Earl of Derby. Now, the presentation, now the actual cup, like the, the trophy, was a cup. It was an honest-to-goodness cup. But so many years later, they would make it bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. To where it's like 30 plus pounds, this this trophy. It's absolutely amazing. So, you're probably wondering, who has won the Stanley Cup the most times? Well, the Montreal Canadiens have won the Stanley Cup the most times. They have won the Stanley Cup 24 times. The most recent team to win the Stanley Cup, the Tampa Bay Lightning. They had the bubble postseason earlier this year and in the end the Tampa Bay Lightning defeated the Dallas Stars in six games to win their second Stanley Cup and there without going into much further discussion is your history of the Stanley Cup now let's get back to the episode so we reached the end of the second period and the Colorado Avalanche are tied at two after two periods against the Detroit Red Wings. Briefly, I want to discuss the Colorado Avalanche. The Colorado Avalanche did not start as the Colorado Avalanche. They started in 1972 as the Quebec Nordiques. They were in the WHA, the World Hockey Association, from 1972 to 1979. After that, from 1979 until their departure in 1995, they would be in the National Hockey League and would have a very fierce rivalry with the Montreal Canadiens. I mean, they're in the same province, for goodness sakes. 
1995, the Quebec Nordiques moved to Denver, Colorado to be the Colorado Avalanche. And in their first season of existence as the Colorado Avalanche, they won the Stanley Cup, beating the Florida Panthers in four games. They would go on to win the Stanley Cup one more time in 2000-2001, which also is the last time they won the Western Conference Championship. They have won their respective division nine times and have held the President's Trophy two times, which is given to the team with the most points in the standings during the regular season. Their biggest rivalry starting in Colorado is with the Detroit Red Wings. From the moment they switched to the Western Conference, their feud with the Red Wings became very hot and at times very violent. It was said that the team that would win the series between these two teams in the playoffs would go on to win the Stanley Cup, and on most occasions, it really did. The peak of this rivalry was in its infancy from 1996 to 2002. The two teams played five times in the postseason, with the Avalanche winning three out of five. During this time, the two teams combined for a total of five Stanley Cup championships in seven years. The Detroit Red Wings moved conferences from the Western Conference to the Eastern Conference in the 2013-14 season, meaning that the two teams would only play each other two times a year instead of four. So, now the boys are ready to play this exhibition game with Denver County. They're all pumped up. They're ready to go. They're in the tunnel. They're going to make their way out. And then they're told that the game has been canceled because the Denver County team never showed up. So instead of them getting to just skate around, maybe play a little bit, they get a, thanks for coming. We'll try to get you back real soon. But Stan is just like, what? You mean we made all this way for nothing? And then the Colorado Avalanche hockey team come out and out of the generosity of their heart, I guess, they say, why don't we let them play for us this third period? And now the South Park Pee Wee hockey team is about to play a real hockey game. Stan Bush coaches a Pee Wee hockey team, but now... They're going to play in the big leagues. They've got small bodies but big hearts. Stan Marshy's going professional. So, it is a 2-2 hockey game going into the third period. The puck drops and the Red Wings just destroy the South Park Pee Wee hockey team. Oh my goodness. The final score of the game ends up being the Red Wings 32, the Colorado Avalanche 2. As We Are the Champions by Queen starts playing as the Red Wings are celebrating, the kids are laid out on the ice, and one kid is like, I hate you, coach. I hate you. 
as this celebration is going on, Nelson is looking, and he's like, No! No! This can't be real! And Nelson dies in the hospital. As the Red Wings celebrate winning the big game, and that is Stanley's Cup, but more importantly, that is the end of Season 10 of South Park. So, where did the idea of this episode come from? The story turns cliched sports movies from the Bad News Bears to the Mighty Ducks upside down. Stan even says to his players, haven't you guys ever seen these movies? We're just supposed to rally together, believe in ourselves, and we win in the end. Matt's favorite part is the last bit, where there's a huge cliche happy ending, only it's for the opposing team. It's their happy ending that we witness. Okay. Um, I'm going to be honest. I've seen a lot of these sports movies, and I am a, a huge sports fan for those of you that have got to know me personally over the years doing this podcast. This is a great episode. I really like this episode. Um, I think it's a good way, a strong way to end the 10th season of South Park because there's really no consequence to any of the characters here. So I'm going to give this a 9 out of 10. That's going to be the grade I give this episode. It's one of those movies or episodes where it's like, you're going to get it if you know what they're talking about. And for me, I personally got it. So I'm giving this a 9 out of 10. Uh, More production notes. Trey Parker and Matt Stone revealed that this episode started off as a bank episode. An episode which is partially produced in advance at the start of the season for use towards the end of the season to allow for rest during the run. However, whenever Parker and Stone wanted to finish the banked episode, they found it increasingly difficult to do so. Because of the dissatisfaction with the episode, it was not finished until they were forced to work on it. At the end of the production run with one episode left to be produced. Because the second half of season 10 did not feature a true bank episode, and thus did not allow for extra time off, Parker and Stone described the run as being an extremely difficult one to complete. Stone compared it to childbirth. While Parker thought their struggles to finish production on the season could have resulted in the show ultimately being canceled. I'll be honest, I don't think the show would have been canceled. I really don't if this episode didn't come out. For the commentary of the final version, Matt and Trey both find the ending to be very comical after several weeks of production struggle and describe it as a really happy ending for the other person's story. But it is polarizing amongst the fans. Stanley's Cup is a relatively unpopular episode of the series. According to Parker and Stone, a lot of people didn't get that one. We thought the ending was really sweet and weird, but nobody really got it. Stone said the episode is like three quarters of a show, but the ending is fucking sweet. Dan Iverson of IGN gave this a 9.1 out of 10 writing. With the hilarious satire 
and the parody of a well-known movie genre, we couldn't help but love this episode. Even though it featured sports as the theme, it wasn't any funnier for those who played hockey as a kid, but could be enjoyed by anybody that has seen this type of film. The only problem that we had with the episode was the disregard for Steve Irwin's death. South Park has never had any problems making fun of taboo topics, but it just felt like it is too soon to make these comments. I discussed the entire Steve Irwin controversy in Hell on Earth 2006, one of the more recent episodes that you guys can check out. So, uh, let's go to IMDb. Uh, over Almost 2,400 people have given this episode a rating. The average rating for the episode is a 7.4 out of 10. Oof. 453 people gave it a 10. 292 people gave it a 9. That's the grade I'm giving this week's episode. 472 people gave it an 8. 500 people gave it a 7. It's an equal 7. Or an equal 500, I should say. And 139 people gave it a 1. In the males, uh, the average rating there is a 7.3, with its highest demographic being 18 to 29. That's average rating is a 7.5. For females, the average rating is a 7.4, with its highest demographic being 45 and over. The average rating is a 7.9. So there are a lot of reviews of this episode uh obviously i'm not going to read all of them and believe it or not there are negative and positive reviews of this episode so i'm going to start with the positive ones and then i'm going to get into the negative ones so i'm going to start off with reggie 550 who wrote a lot of people say things about this episode being wrong and not funny at all Have you people ever watched South Park? This is the episode that offends you? I happen to find this episode extremely funny. It pokes fun at the cliché Hollywood sports films, most significantly the Mighty Duck movies. Instead of everything working out, the team overcoming the odds and whatnot, and everyone being happy in the end, things go terribly wrong. In a hilarious manner as well. The people that get mad at this have to understand one thing. It's a cartoon. It's always been a cartoon. Relax a little and laugh. The ending is the direct opposite of what every Hollywood movie ending is. And that is the joke Matt and Trey are trying to get across. It's not meant to be taken seriously. Alright, another review from BDavid521, who wrote, This episode has been on TV recently, and as I watched it over and over again, I wondered if this was one of those episodes that people who don't understand South Park would hate. And it is. This is one of the best episodes they have ever made, and for some reason the basic South Park fan is unable to get the genius that lies within most episodes. Ask a bunch of people which episodes are their least favorites, and you will inevitably hear this one and the Terrence and Philip April Fool's episode, which is also one of the five best episodes. Uh, sure. For some reason, people think that a good episode involves Cartman and some ridiculous premise. 
Stanley's Cup is brilliant for its simplicity. I thought the Go God Go episodes were great too, but following up the craziness of those with the grounded Stanley's Cup was even better. This is why Matt and Trey continuously screw over the audience, because most of you don't appreciate what they are trying to do. It's okay to laugh at a cartoon where a little kid is dying, just don't laugh at a real little kid that is dying. I know this is all very preachy, but if you don't like this episode, then you have wasted a lot of years because you simply don't get South Park. Alright, uh, another one from John Michael 2 who wrote, Do not listen to anyone who said this episode was a downer. The ending totally made this sports movie satire worth watching. It was a lot better even than The Losing Edge from episode 9, another sports-centered episode. I will not give away the ending to this episode, but let me just say I was afraid it'd end the opposite of the way it did. Thankfully, it didn't. It ended perfectly. It's not much to say that it ends better than any sports movie you can find out there, because sports movies generally have annoyingly trite and cliché endings, but this episode just pulverizes them all, Great South Park episode and severely underrated. Alright, now let's read some of the negative reviews. Trolliyama wrote, I mean, they totally are, but are they really much worse than your typical Hollywood hogwash? Not many laughs to be found here, and honestly, the whole episode feels like a half-baked idea. And the idea in question isn't very good. Alright, another review from Hardy Lane, who wrote, Yes, I can see what they were doing, and no, it didn't work. It only able to achieve small humor, and not once did I laugh out loud, as I usually do in South Parks. Usually, there's a strong satirical streak in the show, but it seemed to me that Matt and Trey just wanted to dump on peewee hockey, whatever the heck that is, in the Mighty Ducks movie. Now, call me... Ferocial, if you like. But, being British, watching anything to do with U.S. sports bores me rigid. And, to be honest, British sports bore me rigid. But when you have no idea what they are referring to or talking about, then it detracts from the story. Most of South Park is fairly universal, but obviously taking the wee-wee out of American small-town life. But I had not seen the Ducks film, and know nothing about ice hockey, so this made a bad episode even worse. For me. The last ten minutes were dreadful. Not the least funny, just plain wrong. And left me with a really disappointed aftertaste. I adore South Park, and hoped for so much more in the season-closing episode. So, you hated the episode because you didn't understand hockey. Uh, this one is from Carolyn underscore at law who wrote, I can understand what they were trying to do with this episode, but it just fell flat. There are some topics in our culture that just aren't funny, and young children dying of cancer is one of them. I understand they were making fun of these Hollywood formula movies, but aside from being offended, the episode felt incomplete. At first, it was just brilliant. The guy with the record turntable at all, doing the narrating. But then there was a commercial break at the climax. 
and then just credits. It was like there was a power outage before the end of the episode. You were waiting for something to come next, anything, and it never came. There was no resolution at all for the viewer. It felt like you were when you have when you have to sneeze and then it just doesn't happen. It just leaves you frustrated. Okay, I want to read one more negative review and then I want to read uh Gangsta Hippies review, because I think that's a good one. So this last review, uh, let me see. Okay, this one is from Nitinil22, who wrote, I understand the creators were going for a satire, but a satire doesn't necessarily make something funny. What were the goals of the satire? Usually, South Park episodes make us think and the offensive depravity accentuates the message they're trying to convey. Or, at the least, it's just plain funny. This episode, however, is neither. The subject of cancer in children might not be properly depicted in popular media, with idyllic and cliché optimism. But a subject matter like that should not be treated in any other way, especially in children's case. Nonetheless, I'm not here to argue or judge the morality of the episode. I mean, it is South Park. But it's quality and taste of humor. The sad parts of the episode weren't contrasted or coated with something funny like South Park usually does. It didn't lead anywhere and was just needlessly cruel. The people that support this episode are just dogmatic fans or kids that will laugh at anything as long as it's offensive. I wanted to laugh, and I usually do, but this episode didn't even let me chuckle. It was flawed from the start with jokes falling flat. The satire was poor, the subject matter was mistreated, and left me disgusted. As a comedy, it failed in every aspect. Hmm. Alright, so, what did Gangsta Hippie think of this? Stanley's Cup is the season finale of season 10. After watching the excellent two-part Go God Go episodes, I guess this one pales in comparison. It's an alright episode, just one of the worst ones. The episode is basically a spoof of the Mighty Ducks. Stan has to coach this peewee hockey team because he lost his job as a paper boy after his bike got towed. One of the kids on his team is dying and his dying wish is for them to win the game. In response to the Hell on Earth, Steve Irwin controversy, this episode has two jokes related to Steve Irwin's death. The ending is actually pretty disappointing and depressing, and I will not spoil it here. Good episode, but one of the worst ones. See, I, I will say this. I, you have to have this sense of humor to where you're going to like this. And I guess that's what this comes down to, is the sense of humor. Um, I think this is a great way to end Season 10. It's fantastically done. And this is why this is my favorite season of South Park, because it takes so many chances this entire season that it was really go big or go home. Um... The different topics, like how do you get rid of a character like Chef that's so iconic to the show. The two-parter about showing the Prophet Muhammad. The two-parter here with evolution and, you know, uh, atheism. And then you, 
you just have so many good episodes all around. The lowest rated episode of this season is a three, and it's a well-deserved three, by the way. Um, I just really love this season, and I think this season stands up and holds up against any other season of South Park. That's why I love this season so much. It's just absolutely great. Maybe the peak of what Matt and Trey have done. All right, well, uh, you can join our Facebook group. It is Sharks Pond, a South Park podcast. You type that in the search bar, and you are right there. And if you can't find it, it's okay. I put the link in the description of each and every episode. And don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at SharksPond97. Next time around, it is off to Season 11. That is what I'm going to be starting with. And the episode is with apologies to Jesse Jackson. Hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and I hope you enjoyed Season 10 of South Park. And until next time, I am Bill, and you've been listening to Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast.